Good morning. It's great to be together. I'm really excited about our virtual Tri-City service this morning. So uh, welcome. Uh, hello to everyone and that's tuning in. I uh, really appreciate everything that's been shared already uh, from the other brothers and sisters and, and those who donated their time and energy to do the singing and put together the worship songs. Uh, thank you to all of you who have already contributed. Uh, today I want to talk about uh, how God loves unity. And um, so that's, that's the title of the message, God Loves Unity. And if there was a verse for the day, uh, this would be that verse, Psalm 133, verse 1. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. So that's our verse for the day. If, if you want to walk away with a verse, this would be a great one. Uh, so that is the verse uh, that I'm putting in front of us as it ties into the topic. So I want to start with, so we'll talk about how God prays for unity. And uh, in John 17, it's a prayer. Jesus prayed uh, in most the entire chapter about all kinds of things. But one of the things that Jesus prayed about in John 17 was for unity. Uh, and he was praying for us um, even back then. And so let's go ahead and read John 17 here. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's eventually us. Uh, we are the people who will believe from Jesus' day as it continues on. That's partly who he's, he's thinking about us. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us that so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So Jesus prays that uh, that we would be one. Uh, God, even though he's one, he's also three personalities, as we understand. And so he has unity even within himself. And he prays that that his people then and all the people that will believe going forward, that we will be one, that we will be unified. And then he says, so that the world, so that our unity is going to speak to the world. Our unity is going to be a testimony to the world. It's going to be a herald to the world that Jesus is from God, that Jesus was sent by God. The impact of Jesus's life on us as we believe and as we are unified, it's going to be, it's going to speak to the world around us, a godly message. It's an amazing thing. Uh, we do one thing and God uses it with a, with a megaphone to, to say things about him, about who he is, about who Jesus was, about how his profound wisdom is right and good. And so our unity speaks volumes to the world around us. Jesus goes on in uh, John 17 as we read the next set of verses. He says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So this, these verses really mirror a lot of what we just read in the, the previous verses. Jesus is saying, I want them to be one. I want them to be unified. I want them to have complete unity. And as they have complete unity... As they are one, as we are one, as that happens, 
then the world's going to get a message. The world is going to know that Jesus was sent by God, and the world's going to know that we are loved by God as we have complete unity. Now, we may not totally figure out how, how exactly does that work. We just know it's true because Jesus said it. So we know that as, as we are unified, as we, as we are able to live as a, as a singular people of God, one in him, him in us, that's going to speak to the world around us. It's going to speak about who Jesus was, and it's going to speak about how we are loved, we are treasured, we are special to God, and we live in a different way. We live in a unique way. We live in a godly way, and that way of unity is so different than the world that it's going gonna, it's gonna to speak to how God loves us because we're living in this amazing God-centered manner that isn't like the world around us. It's so different. And so as we live, as, as God prays for our unity, as Jesus prayed for our unity, and as we live in a unified fashion, it's like God saying to the world, let me tell you a secret. These people are my people. Jesus was my son. And it's going to speak to the world around us just because we are a unified people of God. It's an amazing thing what God does in us. So that's the first thought here on, on uh, the concept of God-loving unity is God prays for it. You see that he really wants this in us because he prayed about it. Number two, Satan is going to try to divide. Satan is always working against what God's doing. So Satan's going to try to divide uh, God's people. He's going to try to divide us. And uh, in 1 Corinthians, uh, he, was, he got a foothold in dividing God's people. So we're going to read a little bit about that. We're going to start here in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you are perfectly united in mind and thought. This obviously ties in to the prayer Jesus prayed. But, you know, look at some of those words that are inspired through Paul, that there's no divisions and that we're perfectly united in mind and thought. Paul's saying, I'm, I'm appealing to you. I am begging you. I am I'm beseeching you. Please be on the same page. Be unified. doesn't mean you're going to all have the same opinion. Be unified when it comes to things of God. Be unified in things that really matter. Be unified in knowing God's promises and knowing God's truth and sharing that truth with the world around you. Be completely unified. Because it speaks volumes when you are. It's what God wants. It's what Jesus prayed for. However, what was going on in Corinth, as we read on here, it says, My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. They're not completely unified. They're not one in mind and thought. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. And still another, I follow Christ. What in the world's going on? You know, God's people, 
doing their best, but Satan got in there and he started sowing division. In this case, division really about, you know, who to follow. Who, who's the who's the right uh, the right spearhead? Who's got the who's got the right corner on the market? Well, Peter does. He had the keys to the kingdom. We're gonna follow him. No, no, Paul. Paul does. You see, Paul. He he. Jesus came to Paul in a bright light, and it was a miraculous conversion. Paul really understands. I'm following Paul. No, 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 no. Apollos, he's just kind of the everyday, regular Christian's man. I'm following him. And then somebody comes in and, and plays the trump card. It's like, you know what? You guys are all full. You're all sinful. You're following people. Bag all that. I'm following Christ. But even that person was causing some level of division because that person's listed in this list. So maybe they had a prideful heart about it. The bottom line is, in God's house, Satan is trying to divide. He's trying to sow division. He, he made headways in 1 Corinthians. And so Paul was moved by God and God's spirit to say, look, I'm appealing to you. Stop this. Stop letting these worldly thoughts get involved. Stop letting this win the day. Get, get this out. Be perfectly united. So then, what about today? What kind of things might Satan use to try to sow division in, in God's house today between you and I? You know, one of the amazing things about this Tri-City service and, and, and just the Tri-City family is there's a lot of connectivity between disciples in Bloomington and disciples in Champaign and disciples in Springfield. There's a lot of connectivity. There's a lot of family uh, connections, uh, parents in one church, kids in the other, great friends in one church and, and another. So we've, we do have connectivity and we do have a reason to be unified. And so Satan's going to see if he can cause stir up trouble. And what's he going to use in 2020? Well, some of the things he might use are, um, what is your political affiliation? You know, uh, don't talk about politics. And to some degree, that, that may be the wisdom of God, not to talk about politics. Uh, we aren't going to all vote the same. We aren't going to all have the same opinion. But that doesn't mean we, we aren't going to be unified. We can still be unified in God and then have our own thoughts about Democratic or Republican issues. But God's unity has to be first. You know, another one that's in the news all the time is try, Satan's trying to divide over race or nationality. Uh, and uh, we, we got to not let that happen. We got to make sure that we rise above Satan's temptations to divide over things of this world. You know, um, how about this one? Maybe some, he even divides over silly things. Silly things like how you put the toilet paper on a roll. There's the, the top way, that's the right way. And then this way, some of you do, of course that's wrong. And then over here at the bottom, man, you're just a monster. You just set the toilet paper on there, you don't even try. I guess the, the, the next level is you use it all up and you don't even go get a spare. Satan tries to divide over, over 
meaningful things and silly things, whatever. He doesn't care. He just wants to sow division. And we gotta we gotta be uh, better than that. We gotta be we gotta see that God wants greater things than that. And so the last thing I want to share about this morning on this topic of God loves unity is we are citizens of God. We could turn this into a chant. We are citizens of God. We are citizens of God. We are citizens of God. That's that's our identity. That's who we are. That that's who we want to identify as above everything else. We are citizens of God. Here in Ephesians 2, in verse 19, consequently, it's talking to Christians here, Christians in the first century. You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. You're not foreigners to God because now you're a citizen of God. You're a citizen with the other people of God. You have a new, you have a new home. You have a new heritage. You have a new identity. And it's a citizen of God. That's amazing. That's incredible. That is one of the most uh The the most amazing things you could ever have is a passport that says, I can get into God's house with this passport. I'm one of his. That's who we are. Citizens of God. And as citizens of God, as we've changed our fellowship, we've changed our, our affiliation. You know, consider this verse here in Hebrews. Hebrews is talking about all, you know, a whole list of faithful people that lived uh, Old Testament, New Testament, uh, just faithful men and women of God. And it says here in verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting they were foreigners and strangers on earth. You see, these faithful men and women of God, Old Testament, New Testament, one thing they understood is they understood that they were they were foreigners here. They, they aren't foreigners for God, but they are foreigners in this world. You see, they switched. Michael Burns had a devotional where he talked about this concept that uh, when Jesus came and Jesus came and he, in the beginning of his ministry, he said, repent and believe the good news. And Michael Burns was talking about the concept of repentance, uh, even in the day of Jesus and what, it, and what it meant and what people heard it as. And one of the things he was talking about is when you repent, you, you switch sides. When you repent, you change your allegiances. So back then, you know, people were making their allegiance to, to Caesar. Caesar is Lord, and, and they had an allegiance. But when you became a Christian, you switched sides. You changed your allegiance. Caesar isn't Lord anymore. Now Jesus is Lord. I'm not a citizen of Rome. That's not what's important. Now I'm a citizen of God. And so you switched your allegiance. You, you, you switched sides. And we see that in the language of the, of the New Testament here. We're foreigners to the world, but we're citizens of God. Before we were Christians, 
We were foreigners to God and citizens of the world. You see, we switched sides. We changed our allegiance. Who are, Our identity is different. And who we are now is this special, unique people who God loves. And so God wants us to be unified. He wants us to live in a different way. And he gave us some, some beautiful verses to help us in our unity. Some of those verses would be these, Colossians 3 and verse 13. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any, uh, if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Bear with one another. How do we live as a unified, completely unified people of God, citizens of God? How do we live together and, and accomplish this unity? Well, we bear with each other. You know, it's not easy to bear with somebody. There are people that rub us the wrong way. We rub other people the wrong way. And we got to bear with each other. We, we got to find a way to be unified with that brother or that sister who we really just, ugh, they just kind of bother me. They, they just grate on me because of their, their this affiliation or that affiliation or whatever it is. They talk too much. They talk too little. They talk too loud. They talk too soft. I mean, who knows what it is that could get under our skin? But since God wants us to live in unity, he says, look, bear with each other. Work on those things. Deal with those things. Don't let those divide. And forgive each other. See, in the world, they don't, the world doesn't stay unified because the world doesn't forgive. If you hurt me, if you wrong me, then I'm out of here. We are no longer unified because I'm not going to forgive you. But in the kingdom of God, since we are citizens of God, that's different. I'm going to forgive you. We can stay unified because forgiveness will overcome that issue. How about this one? Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. You know, what does God give us here to stay unified as a people of his? Number one, he says, just live in harmony. Get along. Have a heart to get along. Have a heart to not stir up trouble. You know, sometimes we have in us this thing that we just want to pick a fight. I just, I just kind of feel like riling somebody up. Don't do that. Live in harmony. Get along with people. Don't be proud. Be humble. Humility leads to unity. Then we have John 13, 34 and 5. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, Jesus says, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. You know, as citizens of God, we love one another as Jesus loved us. And as we do that, it, as another theme that keeps coming out in these verses, it will, it will speak to the world. Everyone will know. Everyone around you, the world will know that you're my disciples if you love one another because that's different than what goes on in the world. It's different than if you had your citizenship in this world, you wouldn't love like Jesus. But since your citizenship is in heaven, then you love like Jesus. And it is a herald. It's a, it's a testimony to the world around you 
that you're a disciple. Unity is powerful. Unity is something God loves. Unity is something God prayed for. Unity is something Satan wants to destroy. But we can be unified because we are citizens of God. Let's go back where we started, Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Let's say a quick prayer. God, we just thank you that you came, that you called us out of the darkness into the light, that you gave us the opportunity to change our citizenship and our allegiance, and we can, we can switch it over to you, and we can be citizens of yours. And those of us who are Christians, we are citizens of yours. Let us live completely and perfectly united as you want us to. And as we do, let it speak to the world around us about who you are and about who we are. Thank you, God, for loving us like that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Love you very much. Take care.